presents conversations with a legend around here we hustle for a living around here around here we grind for a living around here around here we hustle for a living around here around here we grind for a living welcome into another exciting edition of up on game presents conversations with a legend this week i got a special guy a hero of mine uh, a role model of sorts in so many different ways not only on the field but off the field this should be a great interview why because well my next guest he's in the media he represents the media he has shown us the way as to how you get into it and you do it the right way but also just a super well-rounded awesome dude that that we have all respected and and have leaned on as a leader my man g cobb otherwise known as gary cobb the first one uh what's what's happening og how you feeling Hey, it's an exciting year. I'm having a lot of fun, you know, of course, uh, being around the game and all the people that, uh, you know, I've encountered around the game. Man, man, football's been a big part of my life, sports, you know. Yeah. So I, I enjoy it, and I love the competition. Love to see people, you know, hey, do they show up? Who shows up? You know, when, right. it, when it's on the line, who shows up? That's that's always uh, fascinating, you know, and I um, really got, you know, uh, took a lot of that from my mom. My mom was... She's always been a clown, you know. Okay. Comedian. All so right. so I get a lot of stuff from my mom and stuff. She's uh she's always been a cut up and everything. So I got some of that from her. Love that. I love that. So talk to me about your eagles. Now, so just so people have a background on you before we get going, before I before I had you answer that. From Carolina, born in Carolina, spent time in Carolina. Yep. But ended up going up to to Stanford, Connecticut, where a ton of really good football is played there. It's low key. People might not know that, but one of my babies that I mentor, Kyrie Fort, the Fort family is from Stanford. Oh, you and, know, I know, you know, I know Kyrie and that, dad and everything. Indeed, oh, yeah. indeed, guy. <laughs> and, and so I know all about football in that area. You came from that area, played for the Black Knights in, in high school, and then obviously went to what some people consider the other linebacker you you know not the not the uh not the Penn State or OG <laughs> linebacker you but the y'all do have more hall of famers than us at USC um but you you played linebacker and and had an amazing career got drafted by the Cowboys uh went to Detroit uh really really you know made major claim um and establishing yourself in Detroit but but really you know, finished it out strong in Philadelphia, ended up staying in Philly. I mean, uh, just talk to me about now, fast forward to where we are right now. You you cover the the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it didn't seem like they were going to be a playoff team this year. It didn't look like it was going to play out the way I, it, it played out. But lo and behold, they catch on. Mm-hmm. If you're paying attention, they got the best running attack you know, in, in the game right now. And right. and they could be a very dangerous team because interior line-wise, you know, there's not too many guys that can deal with them up front. So what's your take? I mean, I got I got I made a bold prediction that they're gonna knock Tampa Bay out in this first round. You know, I, I would not be surprised at all because you know Tampa Tampa's leaking oil. You know, they got some guys hurting and key players that are leaking oil. And, mm-hmm. and they're not the Tampa Bay that we saw last year. 
Last year, you could not run on Tampa Bay. You don't, mm -hmm. don't even think about trying to run on Tampa Bay. Right. And, you know, I was looking at, you know, against Carolina, and I saw people breaking into the secondary. I'm going, you know, this is going to be a problem. So the, the Eagles have an outstanding offensive line. Mm -hmm. They got a young kid, Jordan Maialata. You're going to hear mm -hmm. a lot about him. Okay. You know, he reminds me of a guy who I played with at USC uh -oh. by the name of Anthony Munoz. Ooh. Now, I'm talking about as an athlete. Okay. Now, you, now you're talking about, you know, this kid, Maialata, 6'8", 380 pounds. And can do it. And can move. Right. Good athlete. You know, uh, I remember Munoz. Uh, see, I played ba baseball at USC. Really, you know, yep. baseball was, was a big sport of mine. Mm-hmm. I see Munoz go out and play third base, you know, 6'5", 330 pounds, moving, making the throws, you know, an athlete. And that's what I see in, in, in my ladder. Okay. And so, you know, the potential is just through the roof with him because he's still learning the game. You know, he was a rugby player, but, but he's an athlete and a competitor. Mm -hmm. So you got all that with him. You got a kid next to him, Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Who was a leader at Alabama? He's a, oh, he's a good old boy who believes in coming with the heat. I mean, big, about 340. and they're very physical. That's a young left side of their line. Both mm -hmm. about twenty-two years old. Okay, and and they're very physical. Then you got Jason Kelsey, who is really the most athletic center I've ever seen. I mean, and the leader, right? He's, I mean, he's he, the leader of the he, unit. He's the he's the leader, and so. Mm -hmm. You got them, and then you know Lane uh, Johnson on the, on the other side, who's a Pro Bowl right tackle, and they got a kid Nate Herbeck, who's really just coming into his own at the at the right guard spot, mm -hmm. and and they've been moving everybody. I mean, it didn't matter; it doesn't matter who they have played, they've taken over the game at times and just start mm -hmm. pummeling the other team, and and they just got a really outstanding running attack. And a kid from Penn State, Miles yeah. Sanders, yeah, who, who's got yeah. that burst. I mean, he's he's got uh, he he hasn't really just tapped into all his talent. Mm -hmm. So they're just coming into their own, man. They they can run the ball on anybody, and you got you know um, Jalen Hurts. You trust who is him? The young, you trust Hurts? What's it? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm I trust him. Yeah, I trust him now. You know, he's still growing as a player. We haven't okay. seen anywhere near uh, where he's going to get to. Okay, but is he going to have the chance to get to where he's trying to go? I, I think he is because okay. uh, I, I don't see anybody in the draft, you know. So right. I don't think there's a quarterback that can take his job in the draft. And he's getting better. He's playing better from the from the pocket. And that's the thing. You know, he twisted his ankle. Mm -hmm. You know, it might have been a good thing that he twisted an ankle because it made him stay in the pocket. So mm -hmm. he's had to stay there, people in his face, make the throw, keep his, his eyes downfield. Cause I, he makes me think of uh, Randall Cunningham. So, Ooh, come on now. Well, I'm, I'm saying this from this standpoint. Randall didn't progress as fast as he could have when he was a young quarterback. Okay. Because he was thinking of running all the time. Okay. So he would say at times, you know, I'm going, Randall, man, what are you looking at? Well, I was looking at the line because I was waiting to get that opening. Well, you know, you can't play quarterback looking at the line. Right. And so it slowed down his progress and – with Jalen, sometimes he takes off too early. He doesn't give the play a chance. Uh, his, his receivers can become frustrated because he's not looking at them. He's thinking mm -hmm. about taking off. So, you know, it's, it's the progress of a young quarterback. And, you know, I love seeing it because you 
him developing. But the thing that about the kid is he's a worker. He can be coached. And so he's getting better every week. And okay. um, I love the progress I'm seeing with him. You know, I don't think he's all the way there yet, but I tell you what, he's going to create problems for teams because of his athleticism mm -hmm. and his ability to, uh, at the level that he can he can run that pass offense right now. All right. I, I want to get to the legends. I see you got your legend shirts on, your shirt on. I want to get to all of those things, your background, your story, but I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay football right now. You, you mentioned, Randall Cunningham, that was a teammate of yours. So you're not just giving analysis. You're giving, I was your teammate and we played together and, and we're in the locker room. We're on the field. We're talking these things through. Now you were on the, you were on the field with Randall Cunningham, with Jerome Brown, with Seth Joyner, with the minister of defense himself, uh, Reggie White. What was that like? Be, and now, and granted, and we'll go to college as well. You mentioned Anthony Munoz, who's arguably the greatest, one, the greatest offensive lineman, one of them to ever play in the game in the history of the game. You were used to playing with amazing athletes. I mean, I, all right, so let's do this. Let's run it. You played with Ronnie Lott. You you played with Marcus Allen. You you played with, uh, like you mentioned, Anthony Munoz. Uh, you you experienced greatness at at a young stage and that continued on into Philadelphia. So let's do this. Let's start at USC. You went to, to the University of Southern California, as I mentioned, uh, and you were able to have a ton of success. The, just walk us through. How did you end up at USC? And and it was such a golden era for for that school and, and its football program. You guys made it to two Rose Bowls. You played, you you won one national title while you were there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys pretty much, that was the dominant days of the Trojans playing football. How did you, from Stanford, how did you end up at USC? Because generally speaking, they didn't go across country because they didn't have to. So mm -hmm. to offer you a, a scholarship where you were at, I mean, that says a lot about how bad a young man you were when you were playing. Well, you know, I was a good athlete. I really played uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and baseball was was a was a big sport for me. And I went to USC with the uh, thinking that I was going to play football and baseball because John McKay recruited me. And John McKay was not only the football coach, but he was the athletic director. Mm -hmm. So he cared about all of the sports. Uh, unfortunately, after my freshman year, he left and went to Tampa Bay. Okay. So when he wow. left, they said, look, you're going to be in spring ball every year, you know, so it cut into my, my baseball into season. Baseball. But yeah, yeah. But, but when I went to USC, it, it was a growing up period for me. Uh, I was not ready for what I was going to see. I mean, from a standpoint that I went in and, you know, our linebackers then, you know, David Lewis, he played about 11, 12 years in the NFL. He was one of our linebackers. Rod Martin was the other outside linebacker. Mm -hmm. Clay Matthews was uh, one of the inside linebackers. And then this uh, Eric Williams, who played for the Cardinals for a bunch of years. Mm -hmm. But all these guys were, you know, there was just talent everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean, there was just so much talent. And if you were going to play, 
you had to get serious because or you could be over there on the bench and you never see you. So I had to go go there and it meant getting serious. My dad had kind of got me ready because my dad was an army guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So he kicked you in your in your in your butt. And but I wanted to get away from him. That's one of the reasons I went to USC. I want to get away from my pops. I'm going, man, you know, because because he was a, he was a pusher, you know. He was tough. He was tough. And uh-huh. so when I went out there, I realized he had been getting me ready for this. Okay. And everything he had taught me, talking about discipline and work. And, and I come from a big family too. We had seven kids, you know. Okay. And, and um, you know, from down south, working hard and all that, you know, that's pops, you know. And so I, I was really be, being prepared for that. And so when I went to USC, I had to get serious. I had mm-hmm. to uh, uh, get in the weight room. I had to get tougher. I had to get serious about, you know, knowing the game. And it, it was really getting me ready for the NFL because you had you had to be ready to compete in practice mm-hmm. because it was harder than the game because, you know, the people we were going against in practice were all future pros. Mm-hmm. So that was just the element there. And then the big thing about that, that time at USC, there was a demand for excellence. There was nothing else accepted. And the, and the guys on the team demanded it. So you had, you know, people challenging you. And really, you know, Ronnie uh, Lott came, he was like a couple years behind me. But, you know, we had, had great people that when I got there, they, I mean, they were just great players and great leaders. Mm-hmm. And there was a demand for things. So it was, it was just a great atmosphere to grow, not only as a football player, but as a person. You know, you just set cer- certain standards and you knew if you wanted to get something done, this is the way you do things. You really go after excellence. You be consistent about what you're doing. You show up ready to go to work every day. Uh, all those type of things. Uh, that's what I learned and really was, like I said, uh, had already been taught to me by my dad. Mm-hmm. And so I got, you know, the, the really a practical lesson of it there at USC. And and, and we had to get serious uh, because, you know, people were ready for us anytime we showed up and we had to be ready to play. And and that was really uh, just, just a great atmosphere. I look back and I think about, you know all the people there. We had a lot of great players that never got a chance to play. I mean, mm-hmm. and and the guys that um, that played there. We had some players that got injured and never got a chance to shine in the NFL. But they were great players there on the college level. So mm-hmm. you you just really um, I, I just really value all that time. And like when I go back go out for the Super Bowl this year, of course I'll see a lot of those guys and get a chance to talk and. Uh, I love, you know, trying to talk to young people and share some of the things that I've learned. Mm-hmm. I, I get a chance to go into the prisons and talk to young guys and try to tell them, man, look, you know, you got talent. This is what you got to do with it, though. You know, you got to be around the right people. You got to set goals and, and and be willing to work every day. You know, you can't take days off. And you know how it is uh, when you're out there playing and, and, and as much uh, scrimmaging as we used to do. You had to have a talk with yourself every day. Sure. You know, and you go on like, look, you know, the guy you want to be honest with, what they say is that man in the mirror that, you know, did I give everything I had today? I'm not out here cheating and stealing because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they, they would joke and say, hey, we got some people stealing today, mm-hmm. you know. And and sometimes we would start over practice because coach said, look, we're not getting it done. Okay. Start right. it over. Hey, take a lap. We're starting all over today, you know. Yeah. And, and and that type of mentality 
is just, I love to see it. And you know, that's where excellence is at. I mean, uh, sure. that's where you find excellence. So while there, I was there at USC, there were times, you know, in, in sitting down with Ronnie Lott, we're talking about winning, you know, what winning is all about. What does it take to win? And we talk about these type of qualities and to have, you know, him playing safety, let him know, look, Ronnie, make sure you're hitting them and not me, man, because when he's coming up, you know, you know, he's coming up totally wide open. And so I said, look, Ronnie, man, I'm going to make sure that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And you make sure you leave my knees alone or my uh, head or whatever else, because he would be coming up. I mean, it's just just a, a, a great player and, and just had the um, the drive that was really special, you know, and that's what really the, the great elite players had that kind of a drive and he had a drive in him that at times when he was younger, it was almost where he had to kind of temper it some cause, cause he was ready to go after people and, and just lay folks out. I'm talking every about day. What type of conversations did y'all have? Well, you know, he, he, his father was a military guy too. And there were certain things that, um, we had both learned from our fathers where, you know, they had, you know, were being prepared for what was a life and death battle. Mm -hmm. And so some of the parts of the of playing the NFL and, and playing football, there's a viciousness to the game that as a defensive player, you know, now, of course, that's been tempered some, you know, in the mm -hmm. NFL. Mm hmm. But when the guy was coming across that middle, Ronnie Lott, man, we had, I'm talking about our own teammates. Just lay them out, man, where they got to come get them. Right. You know? And Own teammates. Own teammates. Because mm -hmm. that's the way we practice. And, you know, he, he had a running start, man, and he was just like, uh, I don't know, he was almost like he went to, enough, went to a, a different place inside of him that would come mm -hmm. out. Because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's a great guy, but as a your player, man. I'm telling you, that's why I would tell him. Hey, He's a great guy, but on the field, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, just a tremendous competitor. And you know, and I saw him win um, as a young player, and that's what really is fascinating to me. When you see a young guy and to see him make a mistake, let's say mm -hmm. in a game, like what well, as a freshman, and and to see how serious he was about it, you know, man, there's something about this guy, man. You know. It's something about him that is just different. And it's because he demanded so much of himself. See, that's where it would start at. He demanded so much of himself. And that's why when he said something, it really carried a lot of weight with everybody on the team because this guy is committed. You know, uh, so committed to where you're going like, uh, Ronnie, man, we, we we can't practice like this, man. You know, we got like, you know, we only have what about five? We got seven receivers, man. You know, we <laughs> and can't you're taking them all out. <laughs> we taking them you know, all out. Yeah, we, <laughs> you know, they would have to have talks with him, man. So, right. So they would, they had to, you know, kind of tone it down. But man, I knew that if he was sitting inside of me and this tight end going in there and he reaching up like this, over. I, 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 I have pity for you, man, because you know there's going to be ribs or something just broke. Right. Mm. <laughs> and he was coming. And, and you know, that was just uh, I hadn't played with anybody with that type of 
commitment, you know? Yeah. So I, I knew that he was going to be a special player. And and because, you know, I saw it like as, as a young player. But, of course, he was growing then, too, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but but just uh, just a great player and and that and that for that ferociousness was just a special uh, on a special level. Now, uh, but we had other players that were like that, you know. Had, but but he was he took it to a whole nother level. So yeah. I, I I never played with anybody who played like that. But then you had Marcus Allen on the other side of the ball. Well, now really, Marcus was a safety. He came out of uh, San Diego. Yep. And when he came, when they recruited him, he was a safety. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have anywhere for him to play because we had Dennis Smith, who played for about 12 years for Denver. Uh-huh. He was the other safety. So we going like, well, we don't have anywhere to play. Well, put him on the uh, opposite side of the ball. Let him right. maybe be a fullback. He's going to block for Charlie White. And they put him at fullback. They put him at fullback, and which is a very demanding position. And when I saw Especially him Especially back then. Especially back then, because you're just sitting in the eye, and you gotta, you gotta be running in. They they're sending in your own the defensive tackle, on the linebackers, everybody. You gotta go in there and hit people. I never but, knew. But that. Marcus Marcus was uh, had some of the similarities to to, to, to Ronnie when it came to his toughness. Uh huh. You know, he was uh, he he loved to hit, and so he didn't have any problem going in there. And he became, uh, you know, of course uh, that fullback, and then eventually. He took over that job, you know, as the guy running with the ball, and, yeah. and just went to a whole nother level. But another special, uh, special player. But that just don't make sense. He wasn't that. He was slim. He don't look like no fullback, man. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know how he did it, but he just was very, very tough. And you know, um, what, what happened is, and of course, I knew him as a freshman. See, that's why I'm so he's young, young pup, you know. So when I get, to, when I encounter him. In the NFL, see, he's a different I'm still dude. thinking he's that same dude over there. It's a different dude. And the dude about to take my head off. I'm going, man, who? Oh, okay, all right, all right, okay, all right. This ain't the, that young boy that I knew. He's he a man now. He'll Grown, be a man, man now, right? Grown man, right? You know? and, right. And, and and really, he had that when he was. Um, he had that toughness. He never he never lost that. So he, even though he was a running back, you know, he had that type of. Uh, defensive type of mentality where he was a tough dude that did have no problems mixing it up with anybody on the field. And so that really helped him, I think, as, as a running back, because he, he ran with the, with that, with that force as well as being able to shake people and, and, and outrun people and all that. So, you know, it's just, I mean, I, I'm just amazed that, uh, that the total player he became because he, he was really one of the most complete football players because he could throw the football, uh, he could catch the football and, and he could pretty much do anything uh, on the football field as a, a blocker, runner, whatever. He could probably play just about any position because he was that type of football man. player. Talking to Gary Cobb, my man played for USC. We talked about USC. Talk to, you, you talk about the upbringing. One of the things that I do in, in these interviews is try to get a gauge and an understanding of what guys went through at that early age. Did you have a moment that was it where was it moments plural? You know, was it the experiences with your father? Was it something that you experienced with your mom or your brothers? What what actually defined Gary Cobb to develop well enough 
to go play and experience those things at USC? Well, I, I think a lot of it was my uh, my parents, the family. You know, um, I was very fortunate to have a mom and dad that were committed to each other for, you know, they were married for 70 years. Um, and there was a commitment there. We never even think of them not being together, you know, and, and, the, and the commitment to hard work because really my dad and my mom, you know, uh, they, they dropped out of school in the eighth grade down, down South because mm-hmm. they didn't see the value in the education. But when my father went to the army, he saw that the only people that got promotions were people with a high school diploma. Mm. So when he got out of the army, he went back to school. He drove the bus, went to the school, got out of the bus, went to school with the kids, got his high school diploma. Now, we didn't realize that that was going to affect our lives because my pops would just come in the house and we're looking at TV. Cut that TV off. Go get a book in your hand. Mm-hmm. So he was shut down the TV. He wanted us reading. And, and really one of the big issues in a lot of uh, uh, challenged neighborhoods is really reading. When I go into prisons, one of the big issues is reading. Mm-hmm. Because, see, the guys can't read. And when they get behind in reading, they start acting up because they want, don't want everybody to know, look, I can't read. Mm-hmm. So that becomes an issue. But he, he made sure that we... He let us know, you're going to get your education. I don't care what all these other kids do. You're going to get your education. And if if we started uh, uh, having grades that dropped below a B, he was talking about taking us off the team and stuff. And he was serious. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a valuable education and hard work. That was something that was drilled in us. And, and not only where they said it, but they lived it, you know, because so, my mom, she used to clean house. And my dad worked as a postal clerk. And then we we had a job where, as a family, we cleaned buildings. We had okay. a Jesse Cobb maintenance service. Okay. And we, we were the workers. And I used to complain, you know, because I was a big, you know, star in high school then. And my pops would pull up with the station wagon. And I know after practice, I got to go with go them clean. to clean that building. Wow. I'm like, you know, come, I'm, come on. I'm, 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 I'm the star now, you know. Right. But, but that was the best thing that could happen. It kept me out of trouble. Working, you know, after practice, going in there, value. picking up garbage can, all, you know, it's making learning you the value, yeah, learning the value of work, and yeah, I didn't like that. As I said, that's one of the reasons I went all the way out from, you know, from Connecticut, went out to uh, USC. But them values travel with you. They travel with me, and I, uh-huh. like I said, I didn't realize I was being trained to be prepared for everything else, and all the rest of us, you know, and I, I'm all my brothers and sisters now. My father really gave me a break because he really wanted me to go to Princeton. Okay. But he let me go to USC. But my brothers and sisters, you know, they went to Ivy League schools. You know, he Mm. wanted, you know, he wanted that education. So uh, all of those type of qualities, you know, it was just in our environment. And I was really, really blessed to be able to, you know, grow up in an environment where you got good people, pops and moms working hard for us and always, um, putting the family first. They wanted to see us do things you know, that they never got a chance to do. And that was their dream, mm-hmm. you know, to see us do things. And so they used to joke and say, well, my pops would come out for the Rose Bowl game. They said, well, he didn't need a plane. Pops was so excited. He didn't need a plane. So they would come out and uh, and they were able to, and able to see us. Now my pops, he, he passed uh, 
uh, this past year. Oh man, sorry yeah, to hear that. Eight, Eighty-eight years old. Uh, my mom, she's eighty-seven. Okay. And um, but he he got a chance to see a lot of things, and and now yeah. his grandkids, and so now with our our uh, our kids, you know, they're all, you know, uh, great. You know, they're doing all kind of things, and mm-hmm. so he was able to see that, and Good. that's really. That's what I'm the fruit of, of your labor, the fruit that's of your it. labors. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what I'm a part of. And I, and I love to see that. So that's why I guess in a way uh, I've always been around guys and uh, helping teammates. You know, I've had some great teammates, you know, but, you know, if a guy asks me something, you know, be able to share something with them uh, to keep them going. I might see something in their game that I can talk to them about. And, and, and be able to help them, you know, that's something that's always been something special to me because I played on some teams that are very close, like our, our Eagles team was very mm-hmm. close. You know, mm-hmm. those, those USC teams were always very close. And so you had to keep it real because, you know, the guys in the locker room going to keep they it gonna real. They're going to know, right, yeah. And, 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 and if uh, whatever's going on, they're going to they're gonna be honest with you. And really that environment is kind of a family environment where it's healthy and where you got everybody pulling for each other. At the same time, willing to challenge each other too. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's just a great environment. And I, I was really fortunate to be in those kind of environments um, because I, I was in that kind of environment when I was uh, when I was with the Eagles. And then I really finished up my career with the Cowboys mm. and down there with that crazy Michael Irvin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the same things. See, he had experienced a lot of this at Miami. Mm-hmm. And when he came there uh, with the Cowboys, the Cowboys were down, you know. And I was really near the end of my career. Uh, in fact, last year, you know, I really stole my last year. Okay. Uh, Ain't nothing wrong with it. I, <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. It happens every once in a while. I stole a year. I stole one. And, man, I missed the Super Bowl about one year, G. Did you? Missed it by, by one, one year. year. One wow. year. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But yeah. but I, I went through that. and um, But I saw that team coming together, see. Uh, and that's just fascinating when you see – you know, guys coming together and really the, the football team, the offensive line that Tom Landry had, mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson took that our same offensive line, turned them in Super Bowl champions. Goons. You know, straight and, goons. And, man. And, and they went to work, man. But but I, I saw that, uh, you know, the start of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, uh, you know, special. It's just you just see people putting in the work. And that's what happened you when, when you got that competition in practice mm-hmm. and you realize, man, there's something special happening here, man. Yeah. There's something special happening. And then the step back and you see it flourish to a Super Bowl championship team. It's, it's really uh, something that's really special, but you know, uh, success and winning. It's the same formula. You mm-hmm. got to put in the work. Mm-hmm. You got to put together a plan. You got to stay with that plan daily. You can't be just hitting it and quitting it. You got to be consistent with it. And man, you got to eat, sleep and and live it Mm -hmm. the way you can taste it, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's the thing is you got to get to where you think about it and you dwell on it and sit there. And, you know, it's a kind of form of when people talk about meditation, where you sit and you think on, you know, you can, as a, as a young player, you sit in there seeing yourself make plays. Yeah. That's one of the best ways to practice. It's your obsession. It comes your obsession. Absolutely. And, and as you get into that and you you put together a group of people that got this obsession to win yeah. 
And it's hard if they they stay in a harmony and they, they still keep going in that same way. You got a leader that can keep everybody going in the same way. That's right. You see it starting to happen and you know, you know, we are building something special here. Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, that's what I love to see with sports. And, you know, and I've been around that. And and when you see it happening, man, uh, just like I, I love the thing about, you know, Jalen Hurts, kids are worker, man. Mm-hmm. not talker. Kids are worker, man. Yeah, work. He wants to go out. You know, you see everybody else going in. He's still out there throwing outs and working with somebody, you know, going, man, you know, this kid's got something, man. Okay. All right. Kids Let me add- better. Let me throw this one out at you, G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were some serious brands in 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 at USC. Now the whole NIL situation turning into what it's turned into. Mm-hmm. Tell me if there was if there was branding and NIL opportunities for y'all back then. If 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 things all given were the same as they are today with social media and the exposure. What would what would Gary Cobb have done branding wise with that? How how do you think it should be handled? And 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 just just let me know like are you are you a proponent? Are you a supporter of that? Or do you feel like it should stay the way that it was when guys like us were in school? Well, uh, without a doubt, it should change. You know, I mean, in no way it should stay like it was. I mean, I knew then, come on, you, you see all the money flowing and all the people that are doing the work are not, get, not getting, getting not, any of the get, money. We get meals. We get, yeah. we get sweatsuits. And tell you, be happy. Be happy. Right. With the, you, you, know, uh, you know, I used to tell my wife back then, because we met at USC. Uh-huh. You know, she knows the way I felt. I'm going, this is a total ripoff. Look at all, everybody's getting paid. But us, yeah, and our likeness is all over the place, and we just come in an area, you know, and people getting all excited and everything, you know, and everybody else is getting paid, you mm-hmm. know, and and you know when you talk about television, the money, I mean, so I do like the fact that they've opened things up, you okay. know, uh, I, without a doubt, and I, I think they should sit down and talk. That could be something worked out where uh, they can make something closer to the way. Come on. This is America. Mm-hmm. You got people with talent that can do a certain uh, skill. They got certain skills and everything. It should be compensated for that. Mm-hmm. And so, especially when you think about businesses, businesses are not after people like me. Okay, I'm too old for people. They're not really after me. They, they want me to do some business with them immediately, but they really want to. They really want the younger people. Yeah, you know, they, they want folks, you know, you got a few dollars. They, they, there's, there's, they, they want a Gary Cobb. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, I know. It's, how, it's how you position it when, when right. you go about doing it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Now, so I, I won't say it that way. I would say just from an age standpoint. Okay. They want, they, they want that guy who's coming out of college or girl 18, 20 years old, 22, mm-hmm. 20, mm-hmm. because they're going to have them for 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. So they're after them. Well, if you got a young athlete who is very popular, mm-hmm. why should he why shouldn't he be compensated? Mm-hmm. You know, because he, he's got something to sell, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I definitely could see where if we had had the opportunity back then, you know, and, and, and playing for, you know, elite teams, 
of course, that gives you the opportunity. But, you know, with all of the different uh, sports paraphernalia uh, and all the different uh, sales of things that are going on there, not to mention, you know, uh, uh, autograph stuff and all that, that whole business, you know, th there's definitely dollars out there. And with the with the young crowd, you know, the college crowd that the um, people are after them, you know, so badly, they're definitely I, I would have definitely you know, taking advantage of that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, but as exactly why, uh, how uh, I know the, the kid with Alabama, who's going to be, of course, uh, you know, playing tonight, mm -hmm. Bryce, Young. you know, he, he, he made big bucks right away. Over, and deserved uh, over a million. Yeah. Over, over a million like that. Yeah. Just because of the position. And of course he's going out and show he deserves. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but, uh, but I was, I was happy to see that. And I like the, the things that are going on with that. In fact, they got a movie um, that I was seeing that they come out, which deals with some of this, with I think the name of his national champions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Some type yep. of movie dealing with, with mm -hmm. this whole issue. But clearly, you know, I mean, as a kid, you know, I'm looking at, at Penn State, and you know, I remember John Capoletti, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. the different players and you know, uh linebacker you and and the different guys coming out, and of course, um uh you know, uh, the, the, the Pittsburgh lineman with Jack Ham. Jack Ham, yeah. You know, coming out of Penn State and everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, th those guys, I mean, those were heroes of mine, man. I, you know, I'm looking at them and, you know, of course, you start emulating guys. You wear your socks like him. You mm -hmm. know, uh, how does he stand in a huddle? You know, how does he take on a block? You know, mm -hmm. and, and Jack Ham was so great at playing with his hands, man. He, he never got entangled with a blocker, man. He was off that block. Because he was little. Like, if they yeah, got a no. hold of him, he was going to be in trouble. I don't know how he did it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he was an amazing player, you know, in that whole Steeler group. You know, I, I grew up watching those guys, man. I'm going like, mm. man, I could just taste it. I want to go out. This is what I want to do. Right. You know, to go out there, smell that grass, man, and get out there in the middle of that. Boy, that was an exciting time because that was, that was when I was growing up in high school and everything. And I, oh, man, it's but I, I enjoyed, uh, you know, I still enjoy it now, but I, I enjoyed every bit of that. You had seasons where you exceeded 100 tackles. There was one year, I believe, you had 126 tackles. You've talked a lot. You've given a lot of flowers out during this interview. But you were a dog. You were a dog on that field, G. And and people respected you for the time. I mean, you still look you still look good right now. Um what what was your thing? Like, I get that that Ronnie Lott was out there. I get that mm -hmm. you was out there with Brown and and yep. with 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 Reg and all. I get all that. What was Gary Cobb's thing? Like, what was your what was what was your thing? Like did you have a preparation? Was there something about the weight room? Was it like, what was, was it the film room? Like, was it all of it? What was your thing in terms of how you approached how you played the game? Because in a lot of ways you were an overachiever, you know, and, and I relate to that. So mm -hmm. I love hearing the stories of, of an overachiever and you're a linebacker. That was overachieving. I mean, and, and just like I had to do at times, we had to do the, the defensive end thing. Um, right. But we always had to be ready. 
What was that like? What what take me through your mindset? Like, how did you approach being Gary Cobb? What what did that represent? What did that mean? Well, you know, the big thing that I like, you know, and, uh, you know, I, in a way I kind of get ready for, you know, the shows I do, you know, uh, in, in preparing, first of all, studying what the other team does. Mm -hmm. You know, I love to sit down, look at tape of them and, you know, um, in practice and things, you know, when we compete against each other, you know, I, I love the aggression. You know, I love to be able to, I let guys know. In fact, I remember coming in the league and I told guys, hey, look, man. I got a family to feed, so don't come near me out there because I got to handle my business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, and we were able to do more than guys could do now. Oh, I get it. So I didn't have no problem. Break, I try, I'm trying to break your neck, yes. your back, and everything, you know. Different so, era. I mean, I, you could just let it all out. I'm trying to touch your life forever. I, I, I want to I affect your future. Yes. If you yes. come in my area, you coming through there. Yeah, and that's the way, you know, you that's where I was taught to play the linebacker position. Right. You know, you, yes. you gotta be the aggression of the defense. That's right. You know, you're the force of the defense. When people go okay, the defense, when them linebackers come out, when you walk out there, what people when they even get near you, they go, okay. The guys start swallowing. They scary. Because they know we're getting ready to get serious. I'm it's and I'm coming deep. at you. And if and, and when that line, when when I'm following you down the line, and I'm staying, I'm a, I'm a step behind that running back. When you try to cut back up in there in that hole, I'm Fat coming out of that. You. I'm coming out of that ground. That's right. I'm coming out of the ground because I'm coming out of my legs and everything. I'm coming up all the way through you. That's right. I'm gonna run all the way through you like an arrow. Yeah, yeah. Stuck like you stuck. And come on, talk and, to him, Kyle. And, and when you're hitting people like that, you know I, I like doing it in practice. The woo licks. Get them woo licks where yeah. you know, and and you, all, all you got to do is step back. You know that look, this Ooh. boy here is trying to find out where he is. Who That's is right. He? That's right. Because and he ain't coming through here no more like that. You know, all of a sudden now, <laughs> now he tippy toe. Now yeah, tippy toe time. Tippy tippy you know? toe. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so and, and you know, and and that's the way you know that you take you take the other team out of their game, man. Uh -huh. Because people start, they know. Look, man, we need to try to find a get out way to get out of here, man. Because uh -huh. they don't, they don't want to come back through there. They don't want to run that play no more. And and that, that you know, and you're able to do it in different ways as a linebacker. You know, then uh, we used to get the chance to pass rush more. See, yeah. Because when I came in, the, in into the NFL, linebackers weren't able to do everything that they do now. And really, Lawrence Taylor kind of opened that door when he. They let him start pass rushing. Then they start letting everybody rush the passer. So That's now, right. you know, you rush the passer. In fact, I had a buddy of mine uh, that I played with in Detroit, uh, Al Bubba Baker, who mm -hmm. was a he was a piece of work, <laughs> great pass rusher. But you know, I would be calling the defense. So I'm giving the defense, and we had a call for when I would give them a blue call. That means you guys don't worry about the run. We got the run. Y'all go get the quarterback. Okay. Don't worry about any fakes or anything. And times they be in their stats and they go, Cobb, this is a blue call. I'm going, man, I got it. Did I say blue? I didn't say blue. <laughs> I didn't say so blue. <laughs> you gotta play. Yeah, you gotta you gotta play the run. You gotta right. play the run. Because they they wanted to just get the quarterback. So sure. um, so Al, that, <laughs> that's the way Al, so Al used to say, uh, one thousand tackles equal one sack. <laughs> 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 
because <laughs> because <laughs> because he um you know he made his living getting to the quarterback. Yeah. In fact, uh, I think his, his early yeah he had a twenty sack season. You know. Wow. Which was uh which was the the the, the record for a while till uh. Some of the other guys came in and broke uh-huh. a straight hand, broke it. Yeah, and I think what R- Reggie, uh, Tyler, yeah, 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 Reggie, yeah, White, yeah, 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 Reggie, yeah. Reggie, Reggie broke it too. JJ, yeah, but but um, but those guys uh, loved to rush the passer. But 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 the thing I, I was able to do at the linebacker position, you know, you really had the, you really were the personality of the defense. Mm-hmm. And so if you know you had a good defense, if you had a tough defense. You had to have good linebackers, and you had to have aggressive, tough linebackers. But uh, I was always in a leadership position too, so I was the captain uh, because I would end up um, helping other guys out too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like telling people where they want to go, uh, where they're supposed to be at, and challenging them too. You know, mm-hmm. during practice, man. You know, if you out here stealing. Going, hey man, you know you stole on us today, man. Yeah. We, we mean I thought you all, you know, I, you know you been out, you was out there stealing today, you know. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that type of thing, because if you're gonna have a good team, you you gotta, you gotta have hold each other work. accountable. Yeah. You gotta hold everybody accountable. So yeah. That's really what I um. I I really I guess in a way when I still see those guys, uh, some of them will call me, and I know that they maybe they they're not doing some things they should be doing. Yeah, you know, and the guy kind of talked to him, and so I'll see some of the guys at the uh, at the Super, at the Bowl. Super Bowl, you uh-huh. know, and and still have that relationship with them because um, you know I kind of think you know that's that, that's my place, you know, is to, to to be there and be a a, a a mirror, a kind of a sounding board for guys, and um, you know, here we are, you know, we're in our sixties now, and uh, I still have that relationship with a lot of those guys because uh, you know they they know I would challenge them. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that because you were a part of the launching of the the Legends community mm-hmm. and still a major part of it. And clearly that's something that that you have been God gifted to be able to do is impact other guys' lives and, and be able to talk to. Them. I mean, I just remember the, the first times we were around each other, the, just the impact that you had on me. And how our interactions were going when we were going through all those trainings and different things like that, mm-hmm. it just felt like you said that that I was with a leader, I was with one of the captains. Like here's that's Cap. Like all right, like we did our workshops, we did our things. I mean, we even did transitional stuff. Like we did a lot of different things yes. to 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 prepare and equip ourselves to be able to serve and assist one another. Uh, as as former former players and now, um, w- which I love being in the legends community. You don't have to have had a Hall of Fame career to be a legend. We're all legends where we came from. That's if right. you made it, if you made it in, you're a legend. Like yep. you can't say bust to me if you ain't a part of that percentage. I'm sorry. You can't say you weren't good. I'm sorry. Can't do it. If you understand what it took to just even be able to put on the uniform in the first place, then you realize that we're all winners and we're all legends in our own right. So that mm-hmm. much I totally respect. You have been a a very, very integral part of the development of the program. Tell me 
tell me about the Legends program from your perspective and how that has played a part in enriching your life and what you do. Well, you know, I, I will really say, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, I guess I was already in the role, you know, because uh, as I said, with a lot of the guys that I played with, you know, I was kind of, uh, you know, always a team captain or one of the leaders on the team. So guys would ask me things, you know, um, even when I was a younger player, uh, I guess in one one case, because I had gotten married in college, had became, you know, dad, uh, you know, got to, you know, <laughs> pay the bills, do things. So it made me grow up. And um, and then also being in an environment, like I said, at USC, where, look, you know, uh, they would tell me, hey, we, we, we got we got to get everybody going. And they would come and ask me and the coaches would tell me. So in that environment, it's really the same after we've gotten out of the football that, you know, uh, guys have to make sure they're taking care of themselves. Are you taking care of yourself? Meaning like you got you can't be eating like that, man. You know, you got to watch your weight. You know, if you got a challenge, let's you got diabetes and different things, man, you got to make note of that, you know, and, and, and the way that you're living, you know, and if you're not living in a disciplined life, then you, you're going to have problems. You know, yeah, everybody wants, everybody's going to have a good time. You let your hair down some, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And we all need that. You need to be able to get away and, and do something that's fun for you. And, and um, you know, one of the things that we talk about all the time is self-care, which is you, you, you've got to, you know, you're giving out to people. you got to take care of yourself. You got to do some things that's nourishing to you, you know, uh, could be, you know, you know how some people you have a relationship with them. You just laugh every time you're around this person, you just start laughing. Well, you know, you need to be in that atmosphere where you just need to laugh sometime and, 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 and just, just have a good laugh. Something that's really might could be silly. You sit there. It, it is nourishing for you to get a good laugh in, you know, so you don't need to get too serious. You know, life can't get to where it's just so serious. It's all mourning, you know. There's a time for mourning, but then there's a time to have a good time. But and, and then the thing that I enjoy is I like seeing people flourish, you know. I like to try to put them in an atmosphere where you see somebody flourish, whether they're a young person, uh, you know, a senior, it doesn't matter who, just to see people do well and they, them get whatever gift they have, where they get that out there and they utilize that gift, that does something for me. Um, and so that's what I get out of, um, you know, the uh, being, uh, I'm a transition coach and, and being a, a legends coordinator because we get a chance to do that with guys. We get a chance to, to help them as they transition out of the NFL and where guys have to go on to another career, you know, that they've been their time, uh, in the NFL, but now being able to to utilize the things they learn from the NFL and what they learn from playing football, putting together a plan, you know, putting together a plan. That is something that's fundamental to getting anything done is you got to have a plan you put together and then you've got to stick with that plan. Now you're going to maybe have to adjust it at different times, but you've got to stick with it. And if you got something where it has something to do and, and kind of directs what you're doing on a daily basis and, and your whole attitude and having a vision and going after that vision. You know, those are the types of things we're able to share with, uh, with, with young players that are coming out of the game, you know, and I, I love to do that. And then we work with the, with the legends throughout the country and to make sure guys are 
you know, doing different things to take care of themselves, that they're in a, um, in, in a good environment in their home, if they're having some type of challenge. Because we do have guys, you know, have challenges, like we all have had challenges. And so uh, being able to go and encourage a guy to go get some counseling, to sit down and talk to somebody about what it is that's a challenge. And, and of course, I, I have conversations all the time with guys, but it's just a nourishing uh, community. We have so many great guys that played the game of football. Just, I could go on and on and on, not just great players, but great people. And, and I enjoy, you know, seeing you on TV when you come on, you know, like, cause once you meet a guy, it's like, I'm, I'm on his team. He's on my team. I'm rooting for him. I don't care what's going on. I'm rooting for him, you know? And so that's, that's what I've been, that's what I'm a part of. And that's what, Legends has allowed us to really just live that, you know, and that's what I can appreciate about the Legends community and, and being a part of it. And uh, I enjoy it. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to Super Bowl. When I go out there, I'm going to see all the guys. We'll do a bunch of laughing. But, you know, there are going to be some tough conversations I have to have with some guys because, you know, some things that, hey, need to know, hey, man, you know, um, I know this situation here, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Hey, you know, you know, I care about you. But because I care about you, I got to tell you, man, you need to do this. Hey, and if you need some help to walk this out, then I'll help you walk it out. But we got to get you going in this way, you know. In our transitional, in our transitional training, transitional coach training, we're trained to be first responders. People don't realize the the level of brilliance that that some you know a lot of us bring to the table. And the NFL provided programming for those who believed enough in themselves and believed enough in servicing their fellow man, our brothers, uh, in this way and in this regard. And you mentioning those conversations that you have to have. Just talk talk a little bit about the intensity. I think we what we did like nine hour days of training, or it was a it it was grueling. It was grueling. Uh, and, and but not only was it grueling, but again, it was it was edifying to know that we were in a training where if one of our, our brothers was thinking of hurting themselves, maybe it, it was coming down to the end and only one of us would be able to talk them off of the ledge, maybe literally and figuratively at times that we were prepared to do so. And you're doing that. And and you're living in that purpose. Just talk. What maybe give me give give us an example of maybe one of the most intense, you know, transitional coaches, first responder moments that you've had to endure since doing it. Because it's been it's got to be close to 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 a decade that you've That's been right. doing it now. That's right. Been doing it over a decade. Um, you know, I, I have experience. I can tell uh, one right now. You know, that didn't happen that long ago where. You know, I had a, a, a player call me. Uh, he was in a situation with him and his wife where they were having some problems. And uh, I had to, to, to talk to him and, and get his attention that it wasn't just about them. See, it's about him first. The mm -hmm. only person that he's in charge of is himself. Mm -hmm. And I had to get his attention to let him know, look, whatever she's doing, that's her own visual right to do whatever she wants to do. You are in charge of you, mm -hmm. see, and that that as you get in charge of yourself, see, because but, but if you lose your temper and you're totally out of control, 
then you're going to have problems. Mm -hmm. And and it can get to the point where I can't help you and nobody can help you. So it, it, it was something that I had to just get in his face and let him know that, look, I'm here for you, but I'm not running from you either because I'm not afraid of you, mm -hmm. but I care about you. Mm -hmm. So I need you to get control of yourself. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take some deep breaths and realize that it's not the end of the world. You know, we're going to just relax and we're going to get control of ourselves. And so that was, that was something that I had to do uh, not, you know, week, a week or so ago. People don't know? understand how serious, like that could have been the difference between him ruining his life and going to, you know, going to the clink. That's right. or, or or just being able to have that that support and that guidance to be able to work through it because we right. all have those moments that's right we all we have, all have we all have these moments mm -hmm. and and it, it ultimately comes down to that that sinking into the self-control sinking into the values that we grew up with having having the understanding of what your identity is this isn't who I am I can't allow myself to not be I'll not be with the person before I sacrifice who I am supposed to be. Right. So, so to understand that guys like yourself are equipped to be able to have those conversations and, and are qualified or are certified to be able to have those conversations. That's, that's tremendous. It's amazing that you've been so consistent with it and have maintained it. Let me ask you this and then I'm gonna let you go. What do you want Gary Cobb's legacy to be and what do you think it is? Well, I, I think my legacy, you know, uh, I, I would have to say, you know, I, I really got involved in, with Legends because of my relationship with, with Troy Benson. You know, I, I, I met Troy because I was covering the Eagles and he was playing for the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to have conversations, you know, in the locker room. And I would be talking to him about the team. I would be telling him, you know, we would be talking about different players. I was saying, you know, such and such. You know, I tell him, you know, you need to have a talk with such and such. You know, mm -hmm. tell him, man, because, you know, uh, he, he's not focused. You know, he's not mm -hmm. focused. He's having some success. And because Jeremiah I'm living in the Trotter. community, I know some of the things the guy's doing <laughs> off the field and things. Did, you hear what, did I hear what I hit you with, G-Cop? Jeremiah Trotter, you need to get Trotter to focus back there. Troy needed to get him to focus. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go wait, ahead. now Trot was a young guy. He came in there. Uh, yeah, but, but Trot was one of the guys. But but, 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 but anyway, no, uh, but, 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 you know, talking to those guys about the players, you know, not not from a just a sports standpoint, but as talking about them as people growing. Sure. And as they grow as people, they're going to grow as players. Yeah. And so we would talk about that. And it's really fascinating you know, that I've been able to, you know, because of that relationship with Troy, to be able to see him develop some of the things we were talking about, see, then. So I, I guess uh, the legacy would be that, 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 that I was uh, a leader who cared about the people they care about the different players care about my teammates and really just care about uh, all the people in, 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 uh, in the communities uh, for that matter throughout the country. You know, I, I love people, you know, and it's mm -hmm. all about the people, you know, that's what is supposed to be. Most important thing is that we create an atmosphere where people can thrive.
mm. and live and enjoy their life and see families grow. You know, I uh, just had a um, uh, another little grandson. Congrats. You know, that was born. Yeah. And and so to see him and, and what do I want for him? I, I want him to to be everything he can be. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody setting any limits on him. I want him to go after it. Be the best you can be. And that's what I would say is my legacy is I want to be able to help create an environment where people can do that. And I want that to be my legacy. Love that. You got anything you promote outside of legends and, and, you know, you want to give your, your radio show uh tagline, you yeah, well, want to give your you know, television. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, you could check out, you know, on Fox 29, um, you know, uh, you could see our pregame show. We got postgame show. You could check out on Fox 29. Of course, we'll be uh, talking about the Eagles on Saturday morning. Yeah. I mean, or Sunday morning uh, before they get ready to uh, to play Tampa Bay. And we'll be talking about them all week. I'll be making appearances on the radio shows and things because okay. I don't do it full time anymore. But okay. I, I'm, I'm doing it, uh, you know, working mainly for Fox. Okay. So you can check me out in Philly on Fox 29. And uh, we'll be we'll be having a good time talking Eagles and uh, talking about them finding a way to take down the goat. I think they can do it, man. <laughs> I, think I think they can do I it. I think they can. I do. I yeah. definitely think they can. Hey, Gary Cobb, G Cobb. All right. Money man. <laughs> hey, you the man, bro. Hey, I, I, I really enjoyed it. You the man. I'm gonna be hitting you up when okay. I get everything. When I get everything, you know, I, I'm. This is this is episode number twelve. Mm -hmm. When when I get through the first season of what we're doing and I put it all together, mm -hmm. um, just just know I'm coming for you. Okay, and we're gonna go to USC. We're gonna work in Philly. We're gonna, you know, I know you're in mm -hmm. the community. Like, yeah, I know you went into politics and everything. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'll, I'll be coming to you. Um, as one of the guys that obviously um, helped lead the way on what what it is I'm trying to do to build within the communities through our universities, mm -hmm. so that I could create more opportunities for us That's as right. the old heads. That's right. You know, being yep. a resource because we're the bridge, we're the gatekeepers. That's right. You know, for so long, cats don't understand we are the gatekeepers. If you're going to have a successful program, mm -hmm. you got to have us in the mix that's right you got to have us in the mix and i'm working to create that bridging of the gap between us as players and universities and communities mm -hmm. so that we can create opportunities for ourselves and monetize mm -hmm. ourselves yes. while we're helping continue to monetize where it all started for us so that's my ultimate goal outside of uh being able to take this message to our kids Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I, I yes. want them to hear from our successful men how how this thing works and and hear these stories, man. I couldn't be more proud. Oh, it, to it's know great you. stuff. It's yeah. great stuff, man. I, yeah. I really uh, appreciate what you're doing, and uh, I definitely would like to uh, help in any way I can. Hey, I, I will be calling. Believe okay. you me, I will be reaching out. So <laughs> you know, no, I, you, you know, I, I, I made me think of uh, one. Of, I know, I don't know if you know Kenny Jackson. I played with. I Kenny. do. Come He's on, a Penn man. State shank. guy. The Shank. That's right. The Shank. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I know KJ, man. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, and I know y'all played together too. Shank. That's right. He is a trip, but that's oh. that ain't that ain't for on camera though. That's that's. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's for when you come out here for the Super Bowl. We'll chop that one up. <laughs> There's plenty of stories on that one. Woo! Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, indeed. you know, Matt Millen. I know Matt well, well yeah, too. Now, now that's now that's that hard nose LBU Tufts sob. Oh yeah, that you that's talking right. About early on in oh, the show. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. nasty, oh, yeah. just yes. nasty. That's but, right. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> well, hey, listen, everybody out there, you have just been blessed. That is Gary Cobb, the first Gary Cobb. There is a second, but there had to be a first before there could be a second. There's a third now, that little there, guy. There, and third. there's a third. Here we go. Here we go. Legacies, generations, there's levels to this thing, right? That's right. Hey, so make sure you check us out at the podcast, Up On Game Presents. We're always giving you new, great content, conversations with a legend. That's me. That's running the show on that. And as you can see, I ran point here and gave it to my man, Gary Cobb. And boy, he gave y'all some gems. So make sure y'all tune in. Make sure you subscribe. Check out Up On Game on Saturdays. Make sure you, you see the time on that. All right. Check out Two Pros and a Cup of Joe as well. You know, I do that all week as well. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, check back. We'll have some, 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 some more distinguished people coming on so until next time we appreciate you g cobb it's been a pleasure very 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 humbled by by the interview man and and we'll <laughs> we'll keep this thing going so everybody take care till next time